Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Friday, June 25th, wrapping up another great week here in Wall Street. Some breakouts, some new highs, blockbuster earnings from Nike last night. We're going to talk about that and some other apparel plays that you want to take a look at. We had the infrastructure bill quasi passed yesterday. We'll talk about stocks that are taking advantage of that. And we're looking back about 100 years at a very important market statistic that's going to prove to you why stocks continue to rally. All that more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Friday, June 25th, 2021. Again, another nice week we're wrapping up. Uh, it is about 10, a little after 10 here. So a little after noon East Coast time taping this. We have the S&P up about three-tenths of percent, about 12 points. Dow's up about 250 points. NASDAQ's flat right now. Russell 2000 small cap's up a half percent. Um, gold's basically unchanged. Gold's a dog anyway. And then we have Bitcoin down now to around 33,000. So it's giving back some of the gains well off the lows of below 29,000 where it was earlier this week. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But coming up on today's show, I want to talk about the markets, of course. Uh, I want to talk about the infrastructure deal that got passed, take a look at some stocks in, the, in that area, talk about the earnings from Nike and how amazing they were, what that tells you about the consumer, what it tells you about the global consumer, more importantly, in China, and then look at a couple other stocks similar that continue to uh, do well after uh, we see what came out from Nike last night. Also, I want to talk about what's scaring people right now. I did a poll on Twitter, and uh, I asked inflation, valuations, volatility, or interest rates. What scares you most about the market going forward? And I'll tell you results of that. And I think probably a lot of you are in the same boat because yeah, it is a masses. Uh, but again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, all my stuff's there. I try to post every day. Uh, go to Twitter. It's Matthew McCall. Uh, very simple, just my name. You could follow me, get all kinds of good updates of what's going on in my world uh, on Twitter. So, so check that out. But let's take a look now at the markets. We'll switch over here. Here's the S&P 500, as I mentioned, up about a quarter percent right now. Look at the SPIs. This is an ETF that tracks the S&P 500 at the best level ever. Not much you can say about that. Uh, we had that pullback here last week, and boy, we've had one hell of a week, folks. Big, big gains uh, for the stock market. Uh, now we'll take a look at the NASDAQ 100, the Qs, uh, down slightly right now. It's down about one-tenth of a percent. However, again, big week. Uh, close at the best level ever for several consecutive days. A little pullback today. Who knows where we close? We can still close up again uh, and wouldn't be surprised. But this is uh, the first down day so far of the week. We had four straight days on the upside heading into Friday. Uh, you know, you, I, everybody knows I like to take a look at the uh, ARC uh, Innovation ETF. Uh, down about six-tenths of a percent today. But again, you know, this kind of tracks a lot of the, the themes that I'm into, uh, the roaring 2020s themes as I call them. Uh, up over 25% off the low in May in a new bull market. Broke this downtrend line you can see right here. Uh, big, big upside potential left for this uh, over the years. You know, nothing goes straight up. It pulled, pulled back a little bit. You know, heading into today, it was up five consecutive days. Uh, actually, take it by six consecutive days heading into today. But what we saw there, look at that volume increasing on the rally. Uh, that's good. It means money's coming into this fund, into innovation. That's a great, great thing. So that's where we stand with uh, the, the markets right now. Uh, a great stat that I saw, uh, and it came from uh, Piper Sandler, a research firm. They said since 1928, I'm looking over here because I'm reading off my other screen. Since 1928, there's been 26 other times uh, when the S&P 500 posted a first half return of at least 10%, uh, which happened this year. 
during those years, uh, the index, the S&P 500, uh, had a second half uh, median return of 9.1%. So the median return in those 26 prior periods, going back nearly 100 years, when S&P was up 10% in the first six months, the, the median return in the next six months was 9.1%. As well, just as, as important, if not just, you know, the, the, the most important, is the market was up 77% of the time in the second half of the year. So almost eight out of 10 times uh, the market was up when the S&P was up at least 10% in the first six months, which we're sitting in that position here today. So that leads me to say, okay, uh, that puts uh, the S&P well obviously into record territories. I think up around uh, 4,600 or so, or at 4,278 right now in the S&P 500. So I still think we got some big, big upside potential left. Um, yeah, I, I think you want to continue to buy dips. You want to continue to be in the market um, and, and don't try and fight the ups and downs of volatility because I, I think looking forward, it, it's just that the best place to be will be in the market. So again, I don't think you need to try to uh, get cute here. Um, you know, a lot of people out there trying to become traders when really they're investors. Just stick with what you know uh, and you'll be fine. And uh, speaking of volatility, I asked a question two days ago uh, on my Twitter and I said, what is your biggest investment concern for the next 12 months? The winner was rising inflation, 31.4%. So, you know, almost a third of, of the, the respondents uh, worried about inflation. 28.1%, so not too far behind stock market valuations, meaning that stocks are priced too high right now. The third was uh, increased volatility at 26.3%. So that's pretty high up there too, over a quarter of people are, are worried about volatility. And then surprisingly, higher interest rates, the fourth choice came in at 14.1%. If I would have asked this maybe a month or two ago when the media was pushing how crazy interest rates are gonna go, how, how quickly they've come up, it probably would have been not the number one concern, but because the media has now turned its attention to inflation, and you all know how I just despise the media for the most part, they're pushing that narrative right now, which of course, if you hear something over and over, even subconsciously, you start to be concerned about. It. I've talked about inflation a few times. The rich get richer during inflationary times. Uh, the wealthy love inflationary times because they own assets that do well during inflationary times. That's gonna be businesses that have pricing power. That's gonna be land. That's gonna be the stock market. The average person doesn't get own businesses, probably doesn't own swaths of land. But the thing is, the third one, you do have access to the stock market. And if you're in the right companies, companies that have pricing power, quality balance sheets, these are the types of companies that you want to be in. And they will do well during inflationary times. You know, instead of saying, uh, F the rich, they just keep getting richer, join them. And one way to do that is through the stock market. Enough on a high horse today. It's Friday. No need for that. Let's get into the infrastructure deal. Um, almost a trillion dollars. I, I know it still has to go through some other stuff. I, I, Washington confuses the hell out of me. So, but apparently it's a bipartisan deal that's gotten done. But what's crazy is that they left out the climate change aspect of it. And not that I'm angry with it, but I, I feel like this administration, um, they campaigned on everything about climate change. And of course, they'll blame the Republicans and the Republicans will blame the Democrats and back and forth. It's, you know, it's two inmates blaming each other uh, at me, in my opinion. You know, I'm not a big fan of either side at this point. So 
when you when you look at this though, it's still mind blowing that they left out the whole climate uh, issue, the climate change stuff in there. But then I was reading, well, there's going to be a second bill that comes in, and Nancy Pelosi says she won't even look at this one or put put it to the floor unless there's a second one with climate change. So that tells me if she's not even willing to put it out there, how they can get the other one through, I, I don't know. It's so damn confusing. But there could be a second package. This one's again close to one trillion dollars. The original bill is about two trillion. Uh, a big part of the first one was the EV infrastructure, electric vehicle infrastructure. You know, the charging stations, um, uh, credits for buying EVs, building out all kinds of infrastructure for it, uh, backing the technologies for EVs. Originally, they wanted $174 billion of the bill to go towards that. Do you know where it came down to in this nearly trillion dollar bill? $15 billion. So less than 10%. I, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I, again, I just feel like it's a joke. You know, it's, it's, you, you can't trust anything out there from the politicians. Again, either side of the aisle. Sorry, I need to stay hydrated. So, ah, man, it's crazy. But the, uh, there's another stat in here, which I found pretty fascinating, is that a poll shows that about 62% of voters, they back clean energy spending. And I get that. That makes sense. So the argument of this, this article was, well, if 62% of population voters back it, how the hell do you not put it in there? How is this not passed yesterday? And it made me laugh because that number is very similar and actually a little bit lower than the percentage of voters that back legalization of marijuana. But no, God forbid we talk about that. That's evil. That's the gateway drug. Just ask Nancy Reagan. So it's just, it's funny how the media picks certain things. Clean energy, clean energy. It's what the, what's the public wants. The public also wants legalized marijuana. So do that. Shit, put those two bills together, I'd be happier than a clam. Put it together. So if any politicians out there watching, you put those two together, it's what the people want. We voted you in. You work for us. That's the three words they always forget, the politicians. You, or four words, sorry, you work for us. They think that we work for them. We're their piggy bank. F them. Until they start passing what we want, legalizing marijuana, clean energy, they're useless. So let's take a look at some infrastructure stocks here. I'm going to pull up our uh, little thing over here. And um, as you can see, I had it all set up here. This is just some infrastructure stocks, random, uh, that were in a, uh, it's in a Global X um, infrastructure ETF. So it's a holding. So I just pulled it up because it would be an easy way to do it. And I then sorted it by uh, revenue growth the last 12 months because why not? You know, look for some revenue growth. So number one, we're just going to go through these randomly. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, it's a steel company, CLF. Great looking chart. I mean, man, it's got a perfect uptrend, higher highs, higher lows. Um, it is steel, though. So it's even though it is a play in infrastructure, don't get me wrong, because you need steel for it. Um, steel stocks, maybe because I got burned by the Bethlehem Steel because my family worked there. My dad lost his job. We had to sell our house. So the steel, something about that, maybe just I have a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but it's about a $10.8 billion company. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a pure commodity play because it is a steel play. And uh, that, time, that, that means they can be volatile. Um, so for Cleveland Cliffs, you, you look at you know, the growth potential and you know, the annual revenue forecast for the next three years is uh, about negative 
Uh, expected to lose more money after a uh, spike this year in earnings, up to $4.80 a share potentially. And two years from now, back down to buck forty-four. So not the kind of stock I want to look at. It's going kind of the wrong way for me. And let me show you, see if I get a long-term chart here. See the volatility I'm talking about? Look at this run up from here at 03. You're down to two bucks a share, up to 122 bucks a share. I'm back down to, the, to you know, about 12 bucks, back up to 100, back down to, my goodness, I think we might have even been below a buck down here, a buck 20, and now back up to 21. So much volatility. I guarantee it's over a long t a time frame, uh, but that's how it is when it comes to steel and those types of commodities. So I, I tend to uh, stay away from that. Um, Argan, this is a really choppy looking chart. I'm just going to move on from, I'm looking for a chart that are uptrends here too. Uh, here's one, Westco, WCC. Uh, this is, you know, this is not necessarily a direct play, again, on infrastructure, um, but it does business-to-business, uh, -business, uh, distribution, logistics, uh, supply chain, which are all really cool, cool areas. Uh, they have a electrical and electronic solutions division, a communications and security solutions division, and a utility and broadband solutions division. So it's broken into three divisions. Uh, based in uh, Pittsburgh, it's, it's, the company is 99 years old, so it's been around a while. So it's, it, it does have some, some play, definitely, on, uh, on infrastructure. $5.2 billion company. Um, revenue growth in the next couple of years expected around 5% annual. Uh, earnings growth around 21.6%. And you look at valuation-wise, uh, this year uh, it's expected to make about $6.50 or so odd cents a share. So it's, you know trades pretty well there. Next year, $8.50. The year after that, $10.40. year after that over $11.50 a share. You put a 20 valuation on 2024 earnings and it's more than a double from here. So again, this is one maybe you wanna keep an eye on. These are random, I did not look at this list before this, so I'm doing this off the cuff with you right here. Builders first, this to me is a little bit more of a home building play, so we're gonna skip over that. Louisiana Pacific, very similar, but it's building materials. It's had a nice pullback. Uh, Eagle Materials, now this one, this one excites me a little more because it's, it's more of the play of a pure infrastructure uh, will be, um, because it is like aggregates and uh, uh, materials. So this can be everything from heavy construction materials, um, light building materials, uh, materials that are used for oil and gas. I don't really care much about that, but cement, concrete, gypsum, wallboard, all kinds of things that will be used in a potential infrastructure bill that, that gets done. The company is about $6.1 billion. Uh, looking at growth here, uh, top line growth a little over 6%, bottom line growth a little bit over 11%. Um, but, you know, the way I look at this, just earnings, man, oh man, uh, this, this fiscal year, earnings are supposed to come in about $8.50 a share. You know, at $143.91, uh, that's pretty damn cheap in my mind. And again, upside potential in the next couple of years, if an infrastructure bill truly, truly gets passed. I know it, it's been passed, but if it truly, truly gets passed, um, you know, you're looking at just a forward P.E. ratio now of 15, uh, price sales 3.2, peg ratio below one. Uh, this is a really, really exciting company to look at. Uh, so it's one I may want to throw on the watch list here. Um, Primaris, I don't know anything about this company, so let's, let's take a look at it together. P.R.I.M. Primaris Services, $1.66 billion company. Uh, they're a contractor, an infrastructure company. Uh, it's five operating segments, a uh, power segment. Um, which is uh, specializes in engineering, procurement, construction, repairs, turnkeys. They have a pipeline segment, a utility se segment. Um, they also do electric and gas transmission services, a civil segment, which uh, constructs taxiways, highways, and bridges. Boy, so this sounds like it fits right into what we're looking for. Um, 
Small cap company is a mentioned one point six six billion dollar company. Uh, expect to make two dollars and forty five cents a share this year, so it's pretty damn cheap. Um, up to three fourteen in two years. Four P ratio eleven four. Price to sales 0.4. Peg ratio 0.22. This baby is cheap every way you look at it. Is it a value trap though? I don't know. Um, you look at this long term. It's recently broken out and pulled back. This is a major breakout level right here, which is back to right now. So. Boy, oh boy, it looks pretty damn sweet around 30 bucks. That's a 200-day moving average, that blue line. Not too bad, not too bad, I might say so myself. Um, let's go, we'll, get, we'll talk about one more and then we'll move on to the next topic. Um, not Titan, uh, let's look at, yeah, MYRG. This is a company that I've been following for a while. Uh, this, is, this is one that, that I think is um, very interesting. Uh, one you wanna keep an eye on, MYR Group. $1.48 billion company. Uh, but they offer uh, electrical construction services. Um, they operate through uh, two segments. They have the transmission di and distribution segment, um, which does uh, repair service on transmission, distribution networks, substation facilities. Then they have a commercial industrial segment, uh, which does uh, more industrial stuff, uh, industrial wiring, installation of traffic networks, uh, installation of bridges. So again, in the wheelhouse of the type of company that we're looking for. Uh, I mean, a smaller company. Uh, earnings per share estimate, $4.46 a share this year. Uh, so it puts it at uh, 4P ratio, 19.1. Price to sales, 0.6. Peg ratio below one. Uh, very interesting. It's got a great looking chart. Let's see what it looks like here long term. Man, oh man, it's got a hell of a run. Uh, one you want to put on the watch list. All right, so give me some ideas there in infrastructure, ones you've never heard of, which is, of course, as you know me, that's what I'm always looking for. Uh, but let's take a turn now and talk about Nike, Nike, whatever you want to call it. They crushed numbers last night. They had sales of $12.3 billion in their fiscal fourth quarter, $12.3 billion. And they believe this fiscal quarter that they're in now, or fiscal year that they're in now, uh, they'll reach $50 billion in sales. Just think about that number, $50 billion in sales. So the stock is up about, what, 14% or so right now? <coughs> Excuse me, 14.5%. Let's take a look at it. Look at this jump, folks. I mean, it was really kind of going nowhere for a few months. And I'll zoom out a bit longer term chart and just show you how important this breakout is. Um, see this, I mean, run up, pullback, healthy pullback, breakout, new all time high. So what's amazing is this gain that you're seeing today, uh, it, it takes the company, now it's worth about $240 billion uh, market cap. It's added today in this jump, about $29 billion. Add up all those infrastructure stocks we just talked about, all of them, add them up. It doesn't reach $29 billion valuation. Nike has added $29 billion today. And the reason I bring that up, one, because it's absolutely fascinating, but two, is because nine years ago, nine, it's not that much. People say, oh, I'm not investing that long. Nine years isn't that long, folks. It goes fast. Nine years ago, Nike was worth $40 billion. So if you bought Nike nine years ago, and a lot of you probably have held it even longer, maybe, today, that you bought in that valuation, let's say it's up 30 billion, it's 29, 30 billion. You're up 75% on your original investment in one day. In one day. That's insane to me. This is how you make big money in the stock market. You invest for the long term. And companies like Nike, they may not be the most exciting, uh, but at $40 billion, people probably said, oh man, it's too big, it's never gonna get up to 240. Well, it has in a matter of nine years. Do the math. That's six X in nine years. Six times your money on a company 
that makes shoes and apparel. It's not like they reinvented the wheel. Shoes and apparel. They've been selling the Jordan brand for how many decades? Jordan's been retired for 15 years or so. Unbelievable. It's just, it's, it's, I see stuff like this, folks, and it's why I'm in the stock market. It's why I do what I do. You put $10,000 into Nike 10 years ago, it's worth $75,300 right now. Put $100,000 in Nike 10 years ago, it's worth over three quarters of a million dollars. This is real money. So again, man, oh man, this is just, this is what excites me when I come up with these stocks. And when I'm sharing stocks with you that are a couple billion dollars, just think how big they can grow. They're not all going to do that, but I think how big they can grow. Um, so more on Nike. What's amazing is, obviously, the sales are much higher than the fourth quarter, fiscal fourth quarter of last year because that's when the shutdown happened. It was up over 100%. But the same quarter in 2019, so two years ago, this quarter is 21% higher in sales. So they're way above pre-pandemic already. What does that tell you about the consumer, the global consumer? This is a global consumer here. More digital sales, more sales online, more e-commerce. Duh, like we know this, right? But sometimes you have to hear it. Their sales are increasing online, which equals better margins, which increases their bottom line, their earnings per share. Their earnings per share expected to grow in the low teens annually for the next couple of years. The low teens. Think about that. How big this company is. It's nearly a quarter trillion dollar company growing like that. And again, it's sneakers and shoes and apparel and shoes and stores. Like, it's amazing. So also they, they talked about China. So those concerns really got pushed, pushed aside in my opinion. So that, that's a big reason it's rallying today. So let's uh, take a look at four stocks that are somewhat similar. Uh, again, there's Nike's chart just to give you an idea, up almost 15%. So what about Foot Locker? Because obviously Foot Locker sells a lot of Nike apparel and shoes. Stock's up big on the day, up over 4% on that news. Um, I, I've liked Foot Locker for quite some time now. I've talked about it in the past. And I think a lot of the money, it's still sitting in record levels of savings and checking accounts in, in this country, or not the country I'm in now, I mean, Nicaragua, I don't think that's true. And uh, in America is going to flow into uh, a lot of sporting goods and, and that type of stuff. Uh, $6.6 billion company is Foot Locker. And uh, PE ratio for PE ratio 11.1, price of sales 0.76. So you got, you're looking at something that's it's still cheap, even though it's had a hell of a run. Uh, a little bit longer term chart we'll take a look at. Up against resistance here at 65. Quite choppy, obviously. It was selling off already prior to the pandemic, and that's a pandemic hit right there, and snapped back. So that concerns me a little, just as such a choppy history, uh, but the numbers look pretty damn good on it um, right now. The next one is take a look at, this is Deckers, and you've probably heard me talk about this in the past. I've talked about it. Uh, Deckers is the maker of uh, Uggs. You know, the, the, um, the boots, the sheepskin boots, if you will. Uh, this is a stock I owned for myself many, many years ago. I haven't owned it in a long time, but I owned it many, many years ago. Boy, I wish I would have held on. Uh, they sell Uggs, Teva, uh, and Sanuk are the three brands, or Tevo, however you say that, those, those ugly-ass sandals. Uh, it's a $10.4 billion company. Uh, it's estimated to make almost $15 a share this year, uh, up to over 20 in two years. Uh, so it's got some really nice growth. Peg ratio below one, price to sales 3.1, PE ratio 21.5. But the fact that the peg ratio is 0.72 uh, is great because it just shows the growth uh, is actually outweighs the, the valuation of 21.5, which still isn't that high. Chart-wise, consolidation, major breakout. Again, kind of I'm back on Nike today. Uh, but man, oh man, look at this chart. 
you know, I probably, I, I don't even know, I, I can't even tell you, but I, I own this way, way back, probably back in, before that time in frame even. Man, imagine if I would have held on. Mad times I've, I've said, man, I wish I would have held on to that stock. Because in my younger years, I would take a gain and go, take a gain and go, look for the next one. It's so much harder. It's like getting a client and saying, okay, done with you, let's get another client. You keep the clients you have and make them happy. That's business rule number one in whatever you're doing. Services, anything, any type. If you're selling products, widgets, same thing in the stock market. You find a good company, hold on to it. Why go out and do all the work to find another new one? If it's a good company and there's nothing changed with the story of why you bought it, it doesn't go straight up, but hold on to it. So two more here we'll take a look at in this area. This is one that I had in a newsletter a while ago, but not anymore. Um, Adidas, A-D-D-Y-Y is the ADR here. Um, take a look, man, oh man, up 5.8% today. Uh, looks like it's getting close to uh, a major breakout here. But look at this stock. This is one, again, I recommended in a newsletter a couple years ago. Uh, don't have it anymore. There's no exposure at all to it. But you would have had to ride the ups and downs of the pandemic, but you would have held on to be much, up much higher than probably, probably told people to sell. So it's on pace to close just below an all-time high. I love Adidas, such a global brand. You have the Euro Cup going on right now, huge in soccer. Um, I, I like Adidas. I think it's a really good company. And last one would be uh, Skechers, uh, which is also you know, more of a shoe company. I've had Skechers sneakers, and I actually really, really liked them. It's about a $7.8 billion company. Again, up 4% on the news of Nike today. Uh, let's zoom out a little bit longer term here. Boy, it's had a hell of a choppy chart the last few years, but it's right up against the all-time high that we hit in 2015. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if we can break through that. Uh, let's take a look here at some of the estimates going forward. Um, it's got a forward P ratio of 18.29. That's low. Price of sales, 1.2. Uh, expect to make about $2.16 a share this year. Up to nearly 350 in two years. That's some big growth, folks. So, I, yeah, this is one I like. And it had some good news. It spiked up and then kind of just drifted lower. And a lot of times you'll see that. It's what's called filling a gap. This is a gap here. It gapped up. And the bottom of the gap is right here. Look where the stock came down to. Sometimes this stuff's too damn simple. I'm kidding. But sometimes it, things work. That's why I, I got, you know, I've been reading charts for over 20 years. Um, shit, over 25 years probably been reading charts. I wrote a book on charts over a decade ago, how to read charts. Uh, I, so sometimes this stuff really, truly works. That's why it's here. But uh, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the show. You got some good ideas in infrastructure. You got some good ideas with apparel. Um, we talked about uh, the poll, what is, is, is getting people nervous. Again, Matthew McCall, follow me on Twitter. Uh, inflation seems to be concerned, but again, the rich love inflationary times. The wealthy make more money during inflationary times. Join them. Don't look across the street and be like, those bastards. Walk across the street. They may be bastards, but join them. And I mentioned, there's several ways to do it, three big ways. You own a company. Not everybody can do that. That's not easy to do. Own swaths of land, not easy to do. Invest in the stock market. You all can do that. Join the wealthy. Join them. Have a safe, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, I do these shows for you, and I have so many new exciting things coming away the rest of the summer. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, man, we got a lot, got a lot to go. It's just the beginning of the roaring 2020s, folks. Long ways to go. Thank you again. Go out there, hug somebody, tell them you love them, and uh, smile. Make the world a better place. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Moneyline.
Moneyline with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.